and welcome back to No Books and Dead Planet, the podcast where we read climate books so you don't have to, but the hope is that maybe you maybe you'll be tempted. <laughs> after overhearing all of our conversations to pick one up. Thank you so much for listening to season one. My name is Lena Norms uh, and I'm here to give you a little interregment, a little, a little, I'm going to warm you up for season two. Thank you so much for listening to season one if you have. I am so excited to be releasing season two. The first episode will come out right at the end of October and we are reading The Uninhabitable Earth, the most terrifying <laughs> climate book that I have genuinely put off for years. I started it in maybe like 2018 and I was so scared by it that I stopped reading it but I actually then started picking up other climate books instead. (laughs) But I thought because it's Halloween and because we're here in the dark corners of our mind facing our fears and getting a little zing from it, I thought that we'd read The Uninhabitable Earth and we're reading that with Corrie uh, of the Psy Guys podcast. So I'm really, really excited for you to hear that episode and if you'd like to read along, please do. But I'm going to give you a few parish notes in this episode. I'm going to run you through a little highlight, a little kind of tapas table of all of the books we've already talked about so if you haven't gone back and listened to those episodes or you'd like to revisit them here's a little it's a little pick and mix bring and share table where you can we can hear what's on offer and and see what you might want to go back and listen to and I'm also going to tell you about a few things that have happened with the podcast it's very exciting so the first thing that has happened is that I have been releasing some climate patches to go along with the podcast. I'm really, really excited about this project. It's a way for for us to fund the podcast without having to take on any sponsorship or get into bed with any suspicious companies. And it's also just a way for you to be incentivized to act on the things that you're listening to in this podcast and learning. And the same for me, I think that I really struggle to actually act on what I feel and actualize it and my brain is very silly and very petty and it really responds to rewards not only does it respond well to rewards it responds well to stickers badges trophies little trinkets little silly glittery things and while i wish that i was a deeper and uh, more profound person (laughs) that is just who i am so if you are also that person you might be interested in the positive panic patches i have made five of them they all have optional challenges attached so you can just buy them and use them to rejuvenate the clothes that you already own or even patch up and mend the clothes that you already own we love that for you that is a way that you can basically make your own merch for this podcast you you can use them like that they just look snazzy i'm not gonna lie i can say that because i didn't design them (laughs) Uh, my friend uh, sophie from gung ho which is an amazing sustainable design brand designed them they look incredible but if you would like to use them as almost scout-esque little challenges for yourself, you can also do that. And I've explained on the website what each challenge is and how you can customise it for yourself. I am currently earning the uh, book badge (laughs) because the book badge is a challenge where you're supposed to read that book. So it's either that book as in like your first book on the climate ever, 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 just like you get a badge for reading the first book on the climate that you dare to pick up. However, however diluted, however beginner, that's fine. You still get the badge or it can, if you've already read climate books, it can be just that book. And when I say that book, I mean that book that you've been avoiding, that one book that you keeps coming up in conversation or you keep seeing on bookstore 
tables or or it keeps coming up and and you're like oh you're just gone I don't want to read it or maybe you've even bought the book but it's been on your shelf for months or even years because you're like I can't do that right now don't make me this is your incentive to to get that book off the shelf and into your brain and you get a shiny badge at the end so that's the example of one of them but there are five altogether if you want to go and take a look at them and see if you would like to support the podcast and buy some they are at leananorms.com slash shop I feel like people in podcasts tend to repeat things, so I'm going to repeat that for you because I've seen other, I've heard other people do it. LenaNorms.com slash shop. We also have a London event coming up in November in the interests of keeping this podcast evergreen. I won't go on about that too much, but if you would like to hear more about that, it's on my Instagram at LenaNorms and on my YouTube community tab as well. So if you are listening to this in the present and you would like to attend an event in London that's also happening. Let's go through some of the books that we read in the last season because it was a really wild ride. (laughs) And um, I actually went back and I listened to every single episode, which was fun and hilarious and uh, really heartwarming. I also had to listen to me say awkward things because I'm not very good at talking about the climate. I don't think I've really mastered it yet, but I am out here publicly trying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I but uh, yeah I, I was really lucky to have so many amazing guests that really believed in the podcast and set aside time to read the books so I've got to give you a little whistle stop tour of what we talked about the first episode of course uh, was with the incredible delectable Ariel Bissett who was one of my best friends in the whole world so a great place to start when it comes to reading books for the climate grab somebody who already knows you inside out <laughs> that always makes it easier and we read we are the weather uh, which is my favorite book on the climate i think it still is you know it's one that i read very much at the beginning of my reading the climate books journey hashtag journey and it's by jonathan safran foa who is a author he's a fiction author and i really think that makes a difference to the way the message comes across the way he warms you up to what he's trying to say and the kind of really inventive beautiful metaphors that he uses to help you unlock the apathy that you might have built up over the years when it comes to climate news so it was lovely to revisit that one I've actually read that book four times I know I just really like it and also it's really good in audiobook and it's only like four and a half hours I think so there's also that so a lot of the book covers this idea of facing the end in inverted commas and the this also this idea of climate change being a mass suicide event in some way a way of us self-harming in a way that is slightly unimaginable if we weren't sitting in the midst of it and it's really beautiful there's parts of it that are really funny and light-hearted as well but uh, but what two of the big topics are this idea of self-harm on a collective scale and the symbolism of food where food becomes not just a conscious decision something that we are just objectively deciding on what to eat but it becomes an emotional decision something that we actually do as groups as well and he goes through loads of different cultures and situations and scenarios and traditions where it is really hard to give up meat when it comes with that generational emotional attachment that was really beautiful me and ariel talked about this like the hard reality of having to like turn down food from your community if it's not the food that you think is morally right and how that feels and how that's hard to negotiate and you know if if my mum comes up to me and gives me something that it symbolizes care and symbolizes attention and symbolizes love something that she spent time making and I turn it down I feel 
you know, I feel differently about my own moral beliefs when it comes to how that applies to my life. So we had a really interesting talk about that. And there was also a part that I remember Ariel saying where she said there was this idea of scaffolding in your life. So on page 43, Jonathan talks about the emotions around Thanksgiving and the 4th of July and how 96% of the US do take time off during that time and go and visit their families, which is a really, really high number and Ariel's really shocked by that, as was I, to be fair. And it's not that those people are necessarily celebrating Thanksgiving, which is a slightly hot potato, but that they are given the mechanism of time to connect with their families because everybody is given time off to do so. So when we talked about the mechanisms of joining in on things, for example, with a universal sign of like moving out of the way for a ambulance, or you just, you don't make a decision to join in a crowd wave, a football match, you just do it. Inserting those kind of mechanisms into society, those ways of like it being more fun to join in, or just you don't think about a moral decision to join in, you just do. And making those decisions collectively rather than putting them on the individuals. Really, really interesting. I really enjoyed that episode. And me and Ariel had loads of giggles about Big Milk and Spider-Man and other things. Next, we read Consumed. Me and Ash Tanya read Consumed. And I learned so much from that book. It kind of talks slightly biographically about the author's career in fashion, but it also talks globally about the misconceptions we have around the clothing industry, what we wear and where it actually comes from. And as somebody who'd already watched the True Cost documentary, already read quite a few articles on ethics and clothes and the planet, I learned so much and I I just came away with like not only fun facts but just a kind of new framework for how to think about what we wear so i think it was a really really valuable book we talked about nimbyism which is uh, the not in my backyard kind of attitude to life that we are often handed when we grow up and how it doesn't always translate into a great choice in reality and talked about this idea of clothes that aren't good enough for me but would be good enough for others I've definitely done that where I've donated donated in inverted commas clothes to a charity shop thinking oh I'm gonna they're not good enough for me to wear they're a bit ratty but somebody else will have them and the kind of toxic attitudes around that as well as the reality of charity shops not actually being able to cope with the amount that is donated Ash talked about her experience of being in Zimbabwe and growing up around secondhand markets, uh, that experience of seeing hand bales on mass of clothes from the West that haven't been able to be sold in charity shops that are coming over uncurated and the sinisterness of seeing an outfit on Sheen or on her newsfeed in ads and then just a few weeks or few months later seeing it in those bales uh, in markets in Zimbabwe and how we don't really have a true idea of the volume of clothes that are moving through the clothes system and at what rate and the, the this is my favorite fact from the book and I say favorite lightly because I don't want it to be true but 25% of all the clothes that are in Cantamanta which is one of the biggest markets like this is all of the clothes waste goes are charity themed t-shirts so t-shirts that are printed for one event ironically to help people for charity and are then just discarded and thrown away and the kind of like misguided intentions around making charity t-shirts and companies producing and overproducing all these t-shirts because of the economies of scale like you know it might be one price to print 100 but a very very cheaper price to maybe print 500 and then throwing them away so 
all of that is really interesting there's also a really great part of the book that talks about our language around other countries and developing and third world being quite outdated and damaging terms and instead replacing that language with the phrases like historically pillaged which can sound a little bit laborious at the beginning but i've actually started getting used to saying that i'm practicing and i think it's it was really really interesting conversation that me and ash had love her and love her channel as well braiding sweetgrass with levi hildebrand Oh, Levi, our Canadian correspondent, he radioed in to talk to us about Robin Wall Kimmer's book, which is one of the seminal, I think, climate texts that is apparently pretty, pretty famous, more in Canada and the US, I think. Robin talks from a native perspective of her vision of the climate crisis and her vision of what could go right, what could be solved. Um, explains at a very base level the concepts of things like land back and native knowledge. Me and Levi from that book had a really interesting conversation around patriotism and what it means to be proud of where you're from or proud of the land that you live on and in various degrees how that has changed for both of us depending on the country that we were born in and the kind of implications of that especially because of settler narratives in Canada versus me living in the UK as I guess inverted commas a native heavy inverted commas but knowing that i live in a country that has pillaged lots of other people's land levi talked about his geography degree and this idea of the tragedy of the commons which i learned a lot from and we also discussed this beautiful marketplace dream that robin has in the book that you must go back and listen to and read because it's really really beautiful and this idea of visiting a market where you don't have any money and therefore you start taking less like knowing the people and being able to look at the people uh, in the face that you are taking from or buying from and instinctively knowing what you need versus what you want in a way that you wouldn't if you didn't look people in the eyes so i really really love that chat as you can tell i loved all the chats uh, once there are wolves is a book that i read with maddie Dreisbeck. apex predators is a thing but something that might sound a little bit dull to read about in a paper or in an article but what if it was charlotte mcconaughey setting it as a fiction book in sexy dark deepest scotland where a woman who is a scientist has been sent to this rural village to negotiate the rewilding of wolves back into scotland which is something that is fictional it's something that people are trying to get done in the uk at the moment but this is an imagined time where timeline where they are actually achieving it and wolves are coming back in and why that is exciting and important but you also get murder sexy scottish men some steamy sex and lots of intrigue lots of small town conundrums and dramas and you kind of learn by osmosis in this book it's really interesting me and maddie had a good conversation around what an awkward conversation is how to navigate it maddie has a really really great youtube channel where she talks openly about sex and relationships uh, in a way that maybe a lot of us british people might struggle with so i was it was really important for me to talk to maddie about that and how she uh, deals with awkward conversations because i think that is applicable to the climate those those skills that some people have acquired in bringing up things that make other people melt 
no pun intended when it comes to the climate I think those are applicable skills and it was really really interesting talking to her we also talked about this idea of action versus inaction when it comes to abusive relationships and where do we see ourselves in that there is a situation in the book where somebody that the main character really loves is in an incredibly abusive relationship but she knows that by telling her directly or shouting at her she's not going that's not how human brains respond so it's this idea of like how we negotiate people's toxic relationship with their own habits or their own life choices and uh, working with them in that and inspecting ourselves about why we watch our lives go by or we watch life decisions be made for us by governments or situations or traditions and why we don't participate in those and what makes us snap and actually start acting so really really interesting conversation went in loads and loads of different directions then we read parable of the sower i read that with jack edwards and um, parable of the sower is a kind of classic cli-fi book it's one of the kind of seminal text by octavia butler it is very very terrifying and very dark so me and jack had a bit of a, a support chat af- afterwards to go and support each other through what the hell we just read it was very harrowing but it's also really really interesting really skilled storytelling and even more chilling knowing that the book starts in 2024 which is now only (laughs) next year jack made the really interesting point that it's different from other kinds of dystopias because it is a world without so many uh, dystopias have been read where that you have like like plants or surveillance there's our world but there's also something else in it. Whereas Butler's work is really about a world without things. What if it was exactly like your world, but they didn't have all of these things? It's a really interesting meditation as well on the relationship between religion and the end of the world and like inventing your own religion, which I kid you not, is something that happens in the book. The main character starts inventing her own religion. And we both actually underlined this quote that I had now to repeat to you. It was really interesting that me and Jack had pulled out this exact same line in this big hefty book so I had to read it out for you as well the main character says I'm trying to be clear I'm not interested in being fancy or even original clarity and truth will be plenty if only I can achieve them and again I think we had an interesting talk about how we feel pressured into having climate conversations that are perfect or polished or fancy or have all the right like hit all the right beats and and use all the right phrases um, but actually this character knowing that the, the state of the world that she is living in is she's just trying to be clear and truthful and those things are actually harder to achieve than we sometimes realize so definitely loads and loads of um, food for thought in that book if you're into fantasy or you fancy picking up something fictional then that's that's your book Uh, then we read this is vegan propaganda with melanie murphy i would say from a facts perspective this book probably had the biggest effect on me i think when it comes to like what i actually knew or didn't know the subtitle of this book is and other lies the meat industry tells you and it really is a kind of whistle stop tour not only of like the sad stuff that happens to animals but also just about like the general arguments and the really interesting philosophical debates we can get into when we talk about what is a sentient being why do we care about our pets but not about pigs why do we deny our own like ideas about things and and ed who wrote the book is a very like interesting character and like a very caring calm like non-judgmental purveyor 
of, of the ideas around veganism and as you as like discussed between me and Melanie who are neither are vegan I think we both came to some really interesting conclusions and Melanie was really generous and also discussed um, some of her thoughts and experience around eating disorders and choosing what you eat and how that intersects with veganism and how she's felt about veganism in the past versus how she feels about it now and it was it was again a really interesting conversation I don't know what other words to use because they were all interesting conversations the last one in the series was climate justice and we read that with michelle uh, michelle elman is the author of many kind of self-help i'm gonna call them self-help books they're like motivational thought pieces with genuine applicable advice in them like even templates for texts when it comes to relating to other people my favorite of hers being the joy of being selfish so i had to talk to michelle and i just wanted to talk to her because i think that she has a really interesting perspective on things like judgment and shame uh, but it turned out that this was also you know her first climate book so she shares in the podcast how it felt to read her first climate book ever why she feels like she hasn't read climate books before her feelings around this idea of like everything happens for a reason and how we often like try and romanticize bad things that are happening to other people um, and bad things that are happening in other countries and how how we see those actions versus how the people who are living them see them there are a lot of own voices in this book but it is a book that is edited and kind of bookmarked and intersected with Mary Robinson, who is a big name in the climate movement. Um, so it was really, really nice to hear from those people. We both agreed that the subtitle isn't really true. Like it's not really about feminism and how feminism intersects with the climate. And I would like to read one of those books soon, maybe include it in the podcast as well. If you have any suggestions on uh, books about gender and climate, that would be really great. This isn't that book. This is more, we kind of summarized it as, as sm how small people's stories and small people's actions fit into the bigger story of climate change and it was a lot about people who have started grassroots movements in their own countries with their own expertise and and like talking about the impacts of those things and how they fit into everything else another really interesting memory from that talk is our discussion about activation energy so like they're not she talks about it when it when you're coming to like changing things in your own personal life so going to the gym you're much likely to go to the gym if the night before you lay out your gym kit you plan it all out you make your food before you go all of those things so that when you are in that mood for resisting or rebelling against your own choices and your own intentions the activation energy it takes to follow through with what you you intend to do is a lot less because you've set yourself up to have like less so we, when we were talking about activism we were like what if activism was also about reducing the activate activation energy people need to act and how can we change the systems around that so that people actually find it easier to take action is that not activism in itself changing the system so that other people's who don't have as much energy to reinvent a system for themselves around their own personal choices how do we make it easier for people and that that got my brain whirring on lots of different levels and uh, really really excited me so yeah, that's the whistle stop tour of what's been happening in season one. If you have missed it, go back and listen to whichever ones piqued your fancy. Um, get ready to tune in to the first episode of season two, which is coming at the end of October. If you would like to check out the Positive Panic patches and become a scout leader for the climate, let's take some climate dares, then you can go to leananorms.com slash shop. And you can also just follow me on Instagram if you want to hear about when episodes are coming out and all of that. I'm planning to release big episodes once a month and I'm going to try and release some shorter episodes like this in between little interregnum episodes 
about thoughts I've been having about the climate, other books that I've been reading about the climate, so that we can keep in touch in between the kind of big book club ideas. I'm on Instagram at Lena Norms, that's L-E-E-N-A. We got two E's in our name, don't you know? Uh, N-O-R-M-S, norms as in gender norms. And you can also follow Positive Panic Patches, which is at Positive Panic patches thank you so much for watching if you have enjoyed this podcast do give it a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen or just tell a friend we, i'm a big believer in word of mouth it's 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 the og original way of spreading things and if it ain't broken don't fix it thanks so much for listening